Everybody, welcome back to Never Intentionally Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Sumant, and I'm here with Bilal. Hey, guys. So today we have a traditional, uh, you know, a podcast tradition for you. We're going to be talking about fantasy football, analyzing some of the predictions, rankings, and sleepers uh, for the coming season. And if we have time at the end, we can, you know, dish out our predictions for the Super Bowl and whatnot. Um, let all hell break loose, right? Um so today we actually have a special guest. I'll let Bilal introduce him. Yeah, my friend, all the way from Connecticut, Kiran. Kiran, say what's up. What's up, guys? How's it going? Right, We're good. Right. How are you, man? Wait, Kiran, before we get started, I want to ask, so what is your team? I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Big oh, Buffalo okay. Bills fan. Big, so Bills Mafia, man. All right. Bills Mafia, you know, I, dude. Dude, I like Buffalo Bills fan. So I'm a Ravens fan. I know we lost to y'all in the divisionals last mm-hmm. year. Yep. But, you know, Bill's fans, classy move, donating to Lamar's charity after he went down with that concussion. So course, I don't yep. mind Bill's fans at all. I think you guys keep it lighthearted, um, unlike some other fans. Unlike Ravens fans. Ravens fans are beat around the bush, bro. Dude, you just have bad experiences with Amir, man. I- I'm chill. Nah, bro. Experiences right. with you, man. You know, you know who are terrible fans? WFT fans. No, they're man. not, bro. They're, like, they're so the ambivalent. Worst. Like, they don't even care. Nah, y'all are the worst. <laughs> they're not the worst, You know though. why you don't care? It's because you're a terrible team. That's why you don't care, We're not bro. terrible. We no, want the mission, man. Garbage. All right. Let's, let's, garbage. Let's, we'll we'll save this garbage. for later. Let's save this We're not great, but we're not garbage, bro. Okay, you it's debatable. The past <laughs> decade hasn't been kind to y'all, I'll say that much. All right, let's get started. So, I know we were going to open with predictions, but throwing that bullshit to the side for now. Let's go straight into right, the I fantasy. got something to say, bro. Go ahead, man. All go right. ahead. All right, so us three are all in one fantasy league. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, so yeah. Sumat has like a really not the best team, you know? Like he's been what hyping the hell it up. are you talking He's been hyping Hold okay. on. <laughs> see, see, bro, Hold you got to let me finish, right? Hold on. All right. Hold so on. he's no, been hyping. No, no. He's Fuck been hyping you. himself. I'm not letting up, you finish for shit. But it's it's all it's all in name, bro. All these players, man. Like I've seen it happen. Like okay, uh-huh. Calvin Ridley, he's good, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. You want to name that. the rest of my team, maybe I'll while you're you, at it. Give me Calvin Ridley, right? But I don't see anything else, man. All I see is all I see is names, bro. I don't see I don't see production. Oh, okay. So you so you you see Patrick Mahomes. I'm gonna see no you go 500, there. bro. You're gonna go 500. Oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Kieran, back me up here. All right. Patrick Mahomes, no production there. Is that right? Is that what Bro, I'm hearing? A quarterback. All the quarterbacks are the same. Uh huh. Okay. Alvin Kamara, no production. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, he's gonna get injured. Oh, uh, okay. Deontay Johnson, who gets like ten targets a game, no production. Darren Waller, top. Yeah, two, but tight I. End? But okay, Come okay, on. okay. Yeah, okay. okay, that's okay. Your team is good, but you've been hyping it up to a new level, man. Dude. And I'm just, I'm just trying to ground you. Like your team's good, but like, yeah, no, relax, it's, there's a reason why the predictions say I'm going to be the number one team. Bro, it does the snow. It's no, so, I'm going to have to like, jump in here and say, Sumanth, you have a pretty good team. I mean, I don't know if Deontay Johnson necessarily is the workhorse that you think he might be, <laughs> but I mean, Pat Mahomes and Alvin Kamara on one team is nothing to sneeze at, especially in a 12 person league. So Thank you. I, appreciate I don't know, Bilal. I'm sorry, dude. I'm going to have to uh, go against bro, you on that one. No, like, that's what I thought. Uh, okay. I, I'm just saying, like, the amount of shit that Sumat has been talking, he said he's going to massacre every single person in this I mean, league. Okay. Dude, I and, don't see, I don't see a reason why I won't. I mean, I have top three. I have, okay, I have, Four players in the top four of their positions. So and two of them right. are number one or number two. So like, I don't know what to tell you, man. You got like uh, one good wide receiver, 
And you got I have one, one good running back. Receiver. And I mean, your quarterback's great. I mean, that's yeah, fine. And then Darren but, like, Waller but everyone's, is a tight end. Not everyone's quarterbacks, but well, there's a lot of good quarterbacks. They score a similar amount of points. Listen, you know? I'm looking yeah. at, you know, I'm looking at Kieran's roster right now. Solid. Russell Wilson, Jonathan Taylor, who's going to be a top 10 running back for sure. Stephon Diggs, top five receiver. Cooper Cup is a great wide receiver too. George Kittle is a top three tight end. All right. In my opinion, the teams that have been able to lock down a, you know, top five running back and a top five tight end are the teams that always take it, are always going to the championship. That's in my experience over the past few years, because there's just such few tight ends, literally five tight ends in the entire league that are going to put up more than 10 points a game every single week. Yeah, right. And those additional points just mean so much. I don't know, man. I'm pretty sure when I play you, I'll win. This okay. is where, where PPR we and my wide receivers it. are better than yours. We can put oh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about your team? Tell us who's yeah, on your team that you think is All right, all right, all right. Tyreek Hill, okay. one of the best wide receivers, obviously, right? Okay, I'll give you the wide Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson, Austin Eckler, Adam Thielen. I got a good tight end, too. Logan Thomas. Like, First of all, Austin Eckler is the only good running back on your team. Travis Etienne. Well, there's two running backs. Right? What do you mean the only? Like, it's fine, man. So <laughs> You don't have any depth either, man. What is this? I, I see a problem, Bilal, because it's kind of like a zero-sum game when you have the running back and the quarterback from the same team. Because if oh, yeah, Justin no, Herbert's on that. fire, Eckler no, no. is not going to be putting up that no, much. you're right. You're right about that. That is Another weakness. thing is you have like, no tight end. Like Logan Thomas. I do. Is, Logan Thomas is good. Logan Thomas is not putting no, up 15 points a no game, bro. Tight end? He's like the third best tight end. That's what? I don't know about that. He is, bro. Third best? Are you kidding me? You're, you're got to be kidding yourself right now. Third right. best tight end. Let me click him. Let me click him. You're it says for that. position rank three, bro. <laughs> Dude, that's bullshit, and everybody knows it. Top okay. three tight ends are Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and uh, Logan Thomas. And then, and then, I don't Logan even know what Thomas. you just said, bro. You cut out, man. The oh, mic couldn't catch that BS, man. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. That's, <laughs> yeah. I think you're just, you know, salty. You got that WFT bullshit in your head right I'm now. Salty. Like, bro. this hasn't even started. Dude, Logan Thomas salty? is not, I don't know what ESPN is like. He's great, man. High on right now, but there's no way he's top three. It, yeah. I see he's the position in three. Man. I don't know why that's, that's there. But you know, something below I was, last year. That's it. I was thinking about targeting Allen Robinson, but I noticed because he's on the Bears, it's kind of hard to gauge how well he's going to do because they've kind of got a, a pretty good quarterback competition going on right yeah. now. Yeah. And Andy Dalton, and I know both Andy of Dalton, those quarterbacks. Yeah. I believe I in don't, fields, man. I believe in fields, I do too. Yeah, I just don't know I how really long it'll take it'll before be, he really, hits the field. No, yeah, My thing true. is that compared I, to I the quarterback... Him, I think. Just, just, a, just, as, just to, for fun. Like, put him in my yeah, bag. you did. Because, like... I don't know. I have a lot of faith in him. We'll see what happens, though. Compared to the quarterbacks that he had last year, though, both Andy Dalton and Justin Fields are a huge upgrade. So I think he'll be able to put up numbers. And the thing yeah. about rookie quarterbacks in the case that Fields ends, Fields ends up starting is they look to, you know, their safest option a lot of the time when like, the play breaks down, right? So mm, yeah. all of those targets are going towards Allen Robinson. That's how I looked at it. I drafted him in my other league. But I think that Allen Robinson pick, especially where you got him, you got him 35th overall which is a steal in my opinion for Allen robinson yeah i mean we'll see man <laughs> oh wait no that would only be what the third oh that'd be this third round right okay maybe that's not a steal per se but i think that's where Allen robinson usually would go third or fourth round ish so never mind um yeah, yeah but I mean, yeah there's you something to be said about that. 
drafting Justin Fields too, because, you know, I, I think there's a phenomenon that all rookie quarterbacks to some extent experience where teams don't know how they're going to perform on the field because yeah. they only have their gameplay from college and haven't seen them play an NFL game. Mm-hmm. And I think Justin Fields is definitely one of those types where, you know, he might step on the field and at least for a few weeks, just tear it up because no one knows how to stop him since yeah. he's such a great dual threat quarterback. Um, so yeah. I think that might've been a hidden gem that you got below. Mm-hmm. Possibly. I mean, that's something similar that Lamar experienced as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I'm not trying to compare Lamar and Justin Fields here at all. I mean, Lamar is on a different athletic level, in my opinion. Um, like, right, like, give Justin a chance, man. Just, just no, nice. I'm going to give Justin a chance. I'm just saying. Bro, Lamar's like, Justin, a running back, man. Justin, shut up. <laughs> shut up, bro. I will tear you to I'm shreds. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally okay. kidding. Yeah, that's what I thought. All right. Justin Fields is going to be a star in this league. I know that for a fact. I just know, don't think. <laughs> See, bro, get, guys, I just don't think he's. Listen, I just don't think he's taking a monumental step fantasy wise this year. Listeners, you just witnessed the end of Justin Fields' career because <laughs> Dumont right. is also okay. known as Walking Curse. Everything he says, yeah, you know who else? Every think, prediction he says listen, goes listen. wrong. You know who every else? Time. I think is going to do absolutely amazing this year. The entire watch. What? Absolutely amazing, bro. So of course, it. I'm going to say that every year, answer, man. Uh-huh. Okay. I said that every All year. Right. Like that doesn't that doesn't mean shit. <laughs> but like you, bro, every time every time. Yeah, happens, so that's what I'm saying. So your team team your team can go to hell now. That's all. <laughs> Even if they do no shit, like I couldn't care less, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's cutting in and out. I don't even know what he's saying. You're cutting in and out. I can't hit it. I can't hear him behind that, you know, all that bullshit. All oh. right. So now that we got that out of the way, I think we can all agree that Bilal's team is the worst out of the three of us. Okay. All right. Now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about some sleepers that you guys were, you know, looking into grafting, right? I'll start off. Thoughts on Darnell Mooney? Um, I mean, Darnell Mooney is the same kind of situation um, with Allen Robinson because um, Darnell Mooney's still on the Bears, correct? Just yes. want to make sure. Okay, yep. yeah. Um, like I said, it, it, we don't really know what we're going to get because – Andy Dalton is he's a great backup quarterback I think you know great backup mm-hmm. level quarterback um I I can't see him hitting Darnell Mooney for touchdowns left and right um okay. and I also don't know about Fields either you know Fields might prefer mm-hmm. throwing to tight ends or his running backs more than the wide receivers I don't know okay yeah um so I mean I I definitely think Darnell Mooney has a very specific set of skills that are very underrated by most people um, but it's just in, in the context of fantasy, it's very hard to gauge with two fairly unknown quarterbacks in their first year on the team, how they're going to perform with those players. Right. Yeah. See, Dar- okay, so Darnell Mooney, okay, let, let, let's take the QB picture out of it for just a second, right? Like we know that that's going to be super, you know, um, ambiguous until the season starts. Right. So let's just look at it from a competition perspective. Alan Robinson is a go get a ball guy, right? Those 50-50 balls, he's going to get them. I think something like only 30% of his passes were on target for like the past season or two. Mm. And he still has one of the highest catch rates in the league. Like, dude does not drop a pass at all. It's ridiculous. Now, they have that guy. They have that possession receiver that can go get you that first down, right? What they don't have, which I think Darnell Mooney is going to be a big part of, is the guy who can take the top off the defense, right? If you look at Kansas City, Travis Kelsey is a possession guy. 
And they've started to use Tyreek in the slot more just because of his athleticism. But he's still that go-to, you know, go-route guy when you need to, you know, throw a touchdown far. I think Darnell Mooney is going to fill that role in Chicago to a lesser extent because Justin Fields, if he ends up being the starting quarterback, which eventually he will, is an air-it-out kind of guy, right? Um, he will throw that ball if he sees Darnell Mooney open. So I think Darnell Mooney definitely has fantasy relevancy this year. Um, he's he going to take the top off the defense every single year? Is he going to score a Hail Mary every single year? Probably, sorry, every single game? Probably not. But I think if you play your cards right, depending on the matchup, he could be a low-risk, uh, high-reward option in the later rounds of the draft. That's what I took away from Darnell Mooney being a sleeper. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think that any team that has a surefire number one receiver, um, like let's take um, Allen Robinson, for example. Let's take the Bills, for example, with Stephon Diggs. They are very obviously the team's first wide receiver and their number one wide receiver. So defenses are going to be game planning and scheming and calling coverages to shut down the star. But as soon as you shut down the star, you open up all of the other possibilities. You know, if you're double or triple teaming Allen Robinson, there's a good chance someone's going to get open. Whether or not they get the ball to that person is another story, like you said, but Darnell Mooney can be that kind of guy, like a Cole Beasley sort of guy who kind of sneaks in and gets sneaky yardage basically on third down situations where um, they really need a first down. So I definitely agree. There's a lot of upside to Darnell Mooney. Um, It makes a lot of sense to pair someone who can stretch the field with a really strong possession receiver, whether that's a tight end like Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, or Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, right? Because the further you stretch the field, the more, you know, room you give up to operate in the middle of the field for some of these possession guys who are in the, you know, the middle range um, of pass catching distance wise. Um, So for example, if you look at Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek stretches the field. I mean, he's elite in his own right but mm-hmm. he's a good compliment with Travis. That's what made him so successful, made them so successful. Um, John Brown was going to be that downfield threat for Stefan Diggs. That's what made Bill's offense so lethal last year. And I know John Brown's gone now, right? He's a, he's with the Raiders. Yeah, but we now have Emmanuel Sanders who Emmanuel can Sanders, pick up the torch, can, basically. Yeah. Right, exactly. You look at Devontae Adams and then Marquez Valdez-Scantling, right? Marquez mm-hmm. is that downfield threat every now and then. You look at um, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, right? Both of them can play both sides. They can play the inside and the slot, which is, you know, something unique that Carolina has. Um, and then to a lesser extent, the Ravens are trying to now pair like Rashawn Bateman and Sammy Watkins with Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown on the outside, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe a better yeah. example would be Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Yeah, exactly. Um, so pairing up those stretch receivers with possession receivers has always been a lethal passing combination on offense so that's why i think darnell mooney does have a lot of fantasy relevancy this year um and into the future as well if anybody is into dynasty leagues i don't think anybody here plays dynasty do you guys play dynasty no i don't no. play dynasty i don't, I don't play we, i think i tried it a couple years back and just nobody gave a shit because you have to draft the <laughs> defensive players as well i'm like nobody has that kind of time to keep up with defense um you got the time bro I got the time. I know I got the time, but nobody else did. So I, I, I definitely had the time. But um, yeah. So Darnell Moody, I think, is one of the top sleepers. Do you have anybody that you noted, Kieran? Um. Yeah. So 
I think that Trey Lance has a very similar skill set to Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And I mean, that's not to compare the two. I don't think Trey Lance has proven anything just yet that he is anything close to Pat Mahomes. Um, but I, I, well, I look at them and I see kind of the same player, big arms, tall guys who can also run the ball. Granted, I think Trey Lance might be a little bit more athletic and a little bit more willing to take risks running the ball than Pat Mahomes yeah. does. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that given the right situation, Trey Lance could come in and make a lot of noise. Um, but, you know, there's always a volatility with drafting a rookie quarterback just because they've got a lot to learn and they're basically drinking from a fire hose the second they walk into the facility. Yeah. Um, but, but I think if you're looking for a late round quarterback and all of your, you know, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan's, Ben Roethlisberger's are off the board, it might not be a bad idea to take a chance on these rookies because there's a lot of good rookie quarterbacks in this class. Um, So Trey Lance is a little gem that I um, drafted in this league. Um, But I look forward to um, hopefully finding other opportunities to draft, you know, like maybe Trevor Lawrence, for example, I think he might step onto the field and have a good year, but um, don't discount rookies is basically what I'm saying. So what I heard out of 49ers camp, like what I'm reading is, Kyle Hanahan, Shanahan said that it would be tough for Trey Lance to beat out Jimmy Garoppolo um, in training camp for the starting job. So I think you're right. I think Trey Lance represents a unique opportunity of a dual threat quarterback that you only see with like Kyle, Kyler Murray, um, Josh Allen to an extent, Lamar Jackson, obviously, um, and Justin Fields, right? Cam yeah. Newton. I think if they ease Trey Lance into that starting role, because Personally, I think he's a lot better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe not just yet, but in a couple you know, months, he definitely will be. If they oh, yeah. ease Trey Lance into that role, the 49ers are going to be dangerous offensively. I mean, Trey Lance is a really accurate passer, and he's got that athleticism, like you said, right? When you got such great targets like Ben and Ayuk, um, what's the tight end's name? George Kittle. Uh, they still oh, yeah. have Debo Samuel, right? They lost Kendrick Bourne, but he didn't do much anyway. Um, and then you got Raheem Mostert still coming out of the backfield um, and Trey Sermon, who they just drafted as well. The 49ers offense with Trey Lance is going to be really good, in my opinion. But that's like later into the season. So I get what you're saying with that. Yeah, I mean, I could I could definitely see a situation in which week four or week five, you know, the Niners are sitting at, you know, one in three or one, one in three, four. Yeah. And, you know, Shanahan just pulls the trigger and says, you know, it's time to start the uh, Trey think, Lance time, you know, Trey Lance. Do you Lance think they'll Dynasty. get to one and three with that defense, like being healthy again? Um, well, I mean, that that's an interesting question because that defense, when that. it was healthy, took him to the Super Bowl a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, you have to complement it with an offense that's not going to turn the ball over that much. You know, it, it was kind of like um, Joe Flacco when he ended up winning the Super Bowl. I don't yeah. think Joe Flacco's play was necessarily elite so much as he kept okay, the ball on, out of the on. opposing team's hands it was a lead man he tossed for 11 touchdowns and interception i don't think that's an apt comparison here okay then then maybe trent dilfer back in the early 2000s yes Yes. trent dilfer didn't win that super bowl for them you know they had great defensive players like ray lewis so all you had to do is just not turn the ball over um so i think that might be a situation here and if jimmy garoppolo comes out and plays like how we think jimmy garoppolo is gonna play Mm -hmm. uh, we might be seeing trey lance on the field sooner rather than later yeah. I mean, after the first two games, right? So the 49ers play the Lions and the Eagles. I think that's a cakewalk for them uh, with that defense. Oh, but yeah. then the rest of the schedule is like, you know, literally brutal, right? They, then they go to the Packers, Seahawks, 
Cardinals, Colts, Bears, Cardinals, Rams, <laughs> right? So right there, that's like oh boy. almost six straight losses for them if they don't find that offense. So I could see them definitely pulling the trigger. Like, you know, Kyle Shanahan saying, all right, screw this. Let's just see what happens. Send him in, right? Trey Lance comes in in the middle of the Bears game. Leads him to a comeback victory. I could definitely see that happening. Yeah. So would you say that he's more of a stash than a sleeper? Um, yeah, I think I think he would definitely be a sleeper. We know if he's you... going to be successful just later on, not now. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay. I wouldn't recommend necessarily targeting him in the draft. If he were to fall to you in the draft, I guess mm-hmm. it would be a good idea to pull the trigger. But like I said, you might not have to pick him up until the week before he's starting because I don't think that many people have their eye on him necessarily. They don't, um, yeah. And it doesn't I mean... seem like he's going to be starting the season. So I wouldn't yeah. necessarily waste a roster spot. I don't think it would be a waste. But if you're looking for more of a short-term win-now roster, I wouldn't put him on your team. Yeah, I mean, he's rostered in, you know, for only 14% of leagues. I feel like, you know, halfway through the season, that might bump up quite a bit, depending on, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's performance and then if they send him in. But, you yeah. know, that's a later conversation. So, yeah, I agree. I think he's more of a stash than a sleeper. Um, I think if he does go in, he will be successful. Um, kind of like how Jalen Hurts was successful later on in the season last year, right? To yeah. a certain extent. Um, but but so, if yeah. I could pose a question to you guys, I'm wondering... Yeah. Do you think it's better to have a rookie quarterback sit on the bench for a year or at least for a couple of weeks, if not a year? Or do you think it's better to just throw them into the fire and let them try and figure it out on their own? I think it depends on the quarterback. I really do. Because let's take Lamar, for example, right? What he did was so different, right? Whether he came off the bench or he started that season in 2018, right? Where he only played like six games completely out of left field below what the heck man all right Lamar would have been successful regardless whether he started in the beginning of the season or you know towards the end he wasn't as developed as a passer but that athleticism is not something that the league would have been able to cope up with in time in the case of Trey Lance I would see something similar right dual threat QBs are becoming a problem for the NFL and he's not you know as fast as Lamar as elusive but he's makes up with it with in the passing game as well so in Trey Lance's case, I have a gut feeling that he could come out and be successful if they decided to start him over Jimmy Garoppolo. In the case of like Mac Jones, right, who isn't <laughs> known for that athleticism, it's the same shit we see with every single QB. Um, Mac Jones isn't, tra- isn't Trevor Lawrence, not a generational talent, right? He's just another good Alabama QB that had so many pieces around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a player like that, for a player like Patrick Mahomes, for a player like Peyton Manning, Peyton, okay, Peyton Manning is on a different level. Never mind. Forget I said Peyton Manning. And forget I said Patrick Mahomes as well. Patrick Mahomes is also on a different level. But for a player like Mac Jones, it makes more sense to start Archie Cam three. Newton for a little bit and then, you know, ease him into it. But a player like Trey Lance, I think, could take the league by storm with his, you know, dual threat ability. Yeah, because, you know, when the Bills drafted Josh Allen, um, I, I was having the same dilemma because I wasn't sure, you know, should we just put him out there week one and let him uh, be thrown to the Lions basically against the uh, the Ravens? No pun mm-hmm. intended there, I guess. But um, or should they have him sit as long as possible? But um, unfortunately, we had Nate Peterman out there starting. Oh, and... you're talking about this was a couple of years ago, right? When we this was the 48 to three loss. Yeah, yeah, it was it was something terrible yeah, like that. that and they ended up putting ridiculous. him in halfway through. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it. 
Josh didn't really have enough time to sit and watch and learn as much as I was hoping he would. Um, but at the same time, he was getting the best learning experience possible by actually being out there. Yeah, definitely. Um, first of all, I think, we, I think we can't understate how remarkable Josh Allen's growth has been as a passer. I mean, he's consistently improved every single year. And last yeah, year, he really. was one of the most accurate passers. Right? Every single time, he just throws crazy. it 10 yards further each play. I can't tell if he's being sarcastic. Can you tell if he's being sarcastic? <laughs> I, I don't know what what he's on about. Bilal just woke up and chose violence today, man. He just woke up and said, I'm going to be an a-hole today. All right. <laughs> Point is, around, right? You're taking this too seriously. No, no, no. Listen, I have a question for both of you. Do you think that – okay, which QB, right, in this year's draft class best emulates – or would best emulate Josh Allen's growth going from a very inaccurate passer to a, you know, essentially a top five QB last season. Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Dude, he's always on some bullshit. Man. All right, I'm directly I'm asking this you. Podcast alive, man. <laughs> Are you asking only rookie quarterbacks or just quarterbacks only in ro- general? Only rookie quarterbacks. Um, so, I mean, talking, talking from a Bills fan, perspective i feel that the bills organization definitely did a lot to help josh allen become Mm -hmm. josh allen and it wasn't more of just like here are the same pieces you know you got to learn how to deal with them sort of thing um so i guess if you're looking holistically at an organization i could definitely see trey lance having some sort of the same trajectory you know um trey lance is a great athlete i think he's a great passer but I also think to some extent he might be a project, just how Josh Allen mm-hmm. was considered a project coming out of college. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I know John Lynch is a great general manager for the 49ers. And if there's any general manager who's going to go out there and get the pieces that they need to take Trey Lance to the next step, it's going to be John Lynch. Right. And I realize yeah. I sound like, you know, I'm, I'm a big 49ers bandwagon. I actually have no allegiances to the 49ers. I just think that they're a very well-run organization um, well with a lot of great team. pieces. Yeah, I was going to, you know, and I'm putting my um, neck on the line here. Don't kill me when I say this. I think nobody cares man. in a couple of years, Zach Wilson and the Jets might make that leap that Josh Allen and the Bills did this year. I know they don't have a defense. I know they don't have a defense yet, but I think Robert Sala is going to turn that organization around. And I think that with the right pieces, Zach Wilson – can be a really good quarterback, and he's going to have that progression. Right I can see him having that progression. I mean, dude, they just added Corey Davis, right? Denzel Mims, solid too. Like, they need a running back for sure. It's a running back by committee right now, Perrine and all those guys. They need um, Bilal Powell. Bilal Powell <laughs> bring back Bilal there, Powell. Dude. I'm saying they need to bring him back. Oh, they bring him back. So. Dude, Bilal <laughs> Powell wasn't even filthy, though. He wasn't even good. All right, where's Sumat, the NFL player, man? Dude, get out of here, bro. <laughs> Yo, meet me on the field, man. I swear, I'll run circles around you. All right, bro. Just throw the ball in the air, and I got it, man. You're 5'3", man. <laughs> okay, and I'll still catch the ball over you. Okay. You got no hops, bro. Yeah, all right, fun. all right. Let's get back to the. Let's get back to Zach. Going Zach back Wilson, to – yeah, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson uh, is a good he, – he, he's got a good arm. He's got good accuracy. He's not Trevor Lawrence, but he's definitely more NFL-ready, in my opinion, than, like, Mac Jones. Um. And I think he's going to have that steady progress if they put the right pieces around him. Because, listen, the Browns did it. I think the Jets can do it too. And 
Jets, you know, they just added Corey Davis, who by himself is, you know, borderline wide receiver one, right? Borderline. I wouldn't say completely, but he's a good receiver. Um, they still have Jameson Crowder. They have Denzel Mims. They have running back by committee. They'll have to probably invest in a new running back. I think they actually drafted someone, right? Michael Carter, maybe? Yeah, yeah, Michael I think they Carter. did. Yeah, if Michael Carter ends up being, like, pretty good, the Jets have the makings of a solid offense, in my opinion. Like, in a couple of years, I could definitely see the Jets being a threat in the AFC East. I don't know. Yeah. I just think they'll take that leap. It seems – it's like a, a weird gut feeling I have. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's hard to judge because if you looked at the weapons that Josh Allen had his rookie year, mm-hmm. he had – Kelvin Benjamin, who was a glorified tight end by the time he was done with the Bills. Yeah. Um, he had Deontay Johnson, I think, who is some no-name who's out of the league now. He had Zay Jones, who's probably riding the bench in Las Vegas right now for the Raiders. Um, so he had a terrible cast around him. Um, but, you know, there's been quarterbacks that have been put into great situations that just haven't played all that well. Because um, I think it was Brett Hundley back when Aaron Rodgers went down with a broken collarbone, you know? It was the same team that Rodgers had, more or less, but he just wasn't as good of a quarterback. Um, But going back to Zach Wilson, I think he played very well in college. The only problem is I believe he was only a one-year starter, which I think is a red flag in some instances. Mm -hmm. Um, Am I right about that? Was he a one-year starter? I'm pretty sure he was. Uh, I can check. Give me a sec. I know Mac Jones was a one-year starter. Yeah, I mean, Mac Jones is, you know, the least NFL ready, in my opinion, just because, first of all, he doesn't have any athleticism whatsoever. Mac Jones is, yeah. And then Alabama is, like, loaded from top to bottom. Like, he had everybody on that roster. I know most people will agree with me when I say that. Oh, yeah. The NFL is going to hit that kid like a bus, dude. The game is, like, the game is just not going to slow down for him until like a couple of years, like it's not going to work. I think Cam Newton is definitely the starter there. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I understand that I have bias against the Patriots being a Bills fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but objectively speaking, I, I watched Mac Jones in college um, yeah. and I didn't see anything that wowed me about him. You know, you talked about yeah, how he yeah. doesn't have that much athleticism and that's true. You know, he doesn't rush that often. Take away um, like Alabama's program and there's nothing that Mac Jones would have done that was special. Like if he didn't have Devonta Smith, if he didn't have Jalen Waddle, if he didn't have one of the best offensive lines with Alex Leatherwood, right? What could he have realistically done? Um, not much, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, I mean he's basically he fell in the draft. Yeah, you know, I, I think he's basically A.J. McCarron just taken much, <laughs> much higher, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I might be eating my words in a few years if he actually turns out to be any good, but it's just historically been that Alabama quarterbacks are not that good in the NFL because, like you said, they've been coddled with the program that's produced, what, maybe four or five first-rounders this year? Every single year. they Almost had, his like, entire, yeah. His yeah. entire uh, receiving core, I'm pretty sure that yep. was draft eligible turned into right. first rounders, you know? I mean, Mac Jones was a year started for what, what one year only, right? Yeah. Because it was so. two up until yeah. then. Right. And two right, was right. another story. I don't know. Yeah. Let's I don't talk think we've about seen Tua enough as Tua. well. Let's Thank talk about Tua. So, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick with, was he with the Dolphins last year? Alabama. Uh, yeah. He was with the Dolphins. Yeah, he was yeah, their relief Dolphins. pitcher basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he was a starter at, a point until Tua came in later on, right? 
Yeah, and then they would trade snaps basically in the second half when Tua right, couldn't finish yeah. the game. Um, yeah, I remember that game with the Raiders where Ryan Fitzpatrick had that crazy throw when the face mask face mask was being pulled back. Oh yeah, he was getting his head yeah. ripped off basically. Yeah, yeah. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, but yeah. So I'm looking at this right now. Tua started nine of their sixteen games. Um, yeah, essentially, uh, for a guy who threw 290 times. 1,814 yards is pretty lackluster. 11 touchdowns, five interceptions. So will Tua make that jump this year? He has the receivers, man. Will Fuller, um, who's that other guy they just drafted? Oh, uh, Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle, yeah. Jalen Waddle, um, who I think was on the who, – who was in Alabama when Tua was mm-hmm. still playing two years ago, right? So yeah, he'll he have, was. He'll have some chemistry with Jalen Waddle. Will Fuller is – a really underrated player, in my opinion. They still have Devontae Parker, who's solid. So Tua ha- and Mike Gesicki is a decent tight end as well. Miles Gaskin, solid running back. The Dolphins have the tools, right? They're not elite-level players or anything, but they're above average, definitely. I think that if Tua doesn't make that step this year, it's official in the idea that, you know, Alabama quarterbacks are just – they're so coddled with all the weapons that they have, the firepower that they have, that they're really not that exceptional of QBs, exceptional of QBs compared to some other players, right? That might not have had that much, you know, talent around them. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, see what happens. I, I've always told people, you know, looking at Alabama quarterbacks or any of these big programs where you're going to be producing a lot of first round wide receivers, yeah. they definitely take their quarterback play with a grain of salt. Because if, if you go through Mac Jones's highlights, right, and he mm-hmm. threw for a lot of touchdowns, a lot of yards, but if you look at the touchdowns he's throwing, Devonta Smith is wide open. Yeah. You know, Devonta Smith has five steps on the nearest defensive back. Yeah, All of I the mean, other players, because of that, benefit because their routes are opened up. It's the same situation with, like, a Travis Kelsey on the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, we saw what happened with that in that Clemson game. I mean, um, Oh, wait, no, that, that was a while ago. Sorry, sorry. Hold on, hold on. Uh, who did they play this year? Right, Alabama won the Natty this year, right? No, no yeah, yeah, they, they did win. Yeah. So, 2021 NCAA football championship. Hold on. Let me get the stats from that game. Because, yeah, so it was... Yeah, okay, so it was the Crimson Tide, right? So Mac Jones versus Justin Fields, essentially. And they, they did win that game. Um, Mac Jones threw four, five touchdowns and 464 yards. Yeah. Um, and then Najee Harris is different, completely different story. So Devonta Smith had 12 receptions for 215 yards and three touchdowns. But you're right, if you do go back and watch that game, I would attribute that more to Devonta Smith being a really, really good receiver and a route runner and able to get separation than Mac Jones, you know, delivering the ball in a spectacular fashion or anything like, I don't know. I I just don't buy Mac Jones as much for some reason. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I would totally understand it. You know, if Mac Jones was going to the chiefs, like let's say Pat Mahomes wasn't on the chiefs anymore. If he went to the chiefs, that might be a comparable situation to Alabama yeah. But the problem is, is he's going to the Patriots, and the right, Patriots right. don't have any really notable targets. They don't. So he, they have. Oh uh, well, they just added Johnny Smith, and so yeah. One thing that I will say, I think one of the big reasons that they were able to add, they added Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, right? Rookie tight ends 
as they develop, they prefer bigger targets, right? It's easier to catch. It's easier to throw to people with a larger catch radius. So bringing in Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry to help develop Mac Jones passing over the years, I think was actually really smart. And they added Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne uh, from 49 for, from San Francisco as well. So again, very average targets, but the targets that you would need to develop a QB with the, you know, situation, the cap situation and stuff they had, because they had to rejuvenate their defense. They added Judon, um, et cetera. So yeah, the Pats but- did what they needed to, to help Mac Jones out. But I just think it's going to take a lot longer than it will for, you know, some of the other QBs in this draft. Yeah. And I, I think one of the best abilities that a quarterback can have is throwing players open. The only problem yeah, is, is yeah. that Mac Jones never had to do that in college, really, because his right, receivers right. would just get open immediately. Exactly. Um, and if you look at some of the curl routes that he would throw at Alabama, the defensive backs would be giving these wide receivers like 10 yards of cushion because they know that they could burn them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it wasn't necessarily where Mac Jones had to throw players open. He just had to get the ball to the player. Yeah. I don't know sense. if he's going to have that same luck on the Patriots, you know, because as good of a wide receiver as Nelson Aguilar was on the Raiders, where he basically revived his career, I don't think he's going to have five or six steps on any defensive back, let alone yeah, two or three. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. And Johnny um, Smith, I, I agree. I think he could be a great target for Mac Jones. The problem is, is that they paid so much for him and Hunter Henry. And Henry's out right now. I think Henry's the better of the two. Henry is injured, yeah. Yeah, he's injured um, at least for a few weeks. He might only miss preseason. In that case, it's fine. But I don't know if that's going to be enough to teach Mac Jones how to throw players open. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, with Mac Jones, it's going to be a waiting game. Um, Yeah. yeah. There's no way Bill Belichick, I mean, Cam, Cam Newton, from what I've seen, is tearing it up in camp right now. Like He's doing really well. Um, and like every projection that I'm seeing for a Cam Newton is that he's a sleeper, like from the fantasy standpoint, right? Like he's going to toss for three, th- 3,800 plus yards. He's going to run for another 500 and he'll have more than 20 touchdowns, something uh, passing. And then another few rushing touchdowns. He was big on rushing touchdowns, especially near the goal line. So Cam Newton is to have a comeback year with all the new weapons that they added, um, which will keep Mac Jones even more sidelined in my opinion. So it's going to be a while until we see him develop. So in terms of fantasy relevance, I know we, you know, veered off the path quite a bit. In terms of fantasy relevance, yeah, the QB, the rookie QB that I think has the most fantasy relevance this year is Justin Fields. Um, actually, I'll take that back. No, nah, I think Zach Wilson's, <laughs> Wilson's going to take a while as well. I, take, I think Zach Wilson's going to, like, progress over the years he's gonna do that josh allen thing like i said yeah it's justin fields trey lance is probably not gonna play um until a couple games in justin fields may actually have a chance of winning the starting job in training camp against andy dalton so i'm gonna give it to justin fields so yeah um ball you've been mad quiet yeah bro i mean i'm not gonna act like i know as much as y'all about <laughs> okay, football. so i'm All just right, chilling well, Here's one thing that we can all actually put our opinion on. Let's talk predictions, okay? So, first of all, what do you guys think is the, you know, hardest division to predict this year? I'm going to say it's the NFC West. Yeah, 
I'm gonna have to agree with you there. Yeah, that the division NFC is, West is loaded, literally loaded. I mean, the Rams are a you know borderline Super Bowl contender. The Cardinals can't ever be counted out with Kyler Murray, you know, stepping up the way he did last year, and they just added JJ Watt to be a leader on the defense as well. Um, Seahawks are always in it. They have two amazing receivers. The defense is atrocious, but you can never <laughs> count out Russell Wilson. Um, and then what's the last team? The 49ers. Niners, Niners, yeah. Niners, probably a top five defense again now that everybody's healthy. We'll see what happens with Trey Lance and Jimmy Galapagos, right? But that offense has the playmakers that it needs, one of the best balanced teams. That division, I have the Rams coming out of it, but I could, I would not be surprised if one of the other three teams made it out of that division as the top seed from that division, as the winner, sorry. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I agree. It's definitely the hardest division to predict. Um, who do you guys have coming out of that division? Um, I, that's a tough one because, you know, I think the Rams coming out of that would be contingent on Matt Stafford coming to Los Angeles and really gelling with the system pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know some people are really high on Matt Stafford. I am not one of those people until I see it. Just because I think Matt Stafford is a great quarterback, I think. But he's getting up there in age, and I think most of his clout came from that season that he had with Megatron, where that really put him on the map, where he threw for 5,000 yards because he had Calvin Johnson. Yeah. Um, that's not to discount him being a great quarterback since. It's just that I don't think he's going to take the Rams to the next step. Um, I'm not saying that Jared Goff is any better than him. I think they're both very comparable quarterbacks. Um, but Damn, That's a bold take. That is a bold take. I That's know, very like I said, take. I might eat my words on that in the future, but I, from what I've seen from Matt Stafford, I understand that the Lions are very poorly run organization, um, but there, there's nothing about him that wows me in terms of his quarterback ability. His durability, certainly. His durability, I think he's a very tough yeah. guy, um, but being tough doesn't always mean that you're going to play well on the field, is what I'm saying. What I so I would say... probably have to take the 49ers out of all of them. Okay. What I will say about the Rams, and I'll let Bilalda's prediction on this, I'm sorry, Matthew Stafford specifically, is that he has consistently thrown for, you know, 4,000-plus yards every single year with relatively mediocre receivers since Calvin Johnson left. So that's one thing that he has going for him. And then two years ago, in 2019, he was having almost, you know, a quasi-MVP-level caliber season before he got injured. In eight games, he had 2,500 yards, and he tossed for 19 touchdowns with only five interceptions. You know, if you extrapolate that to, you know, the same, you know, sorry, if you extrapolate that proportionally to 16 games, he would have had close to 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, and only 10 interceptions, which is, you know, I don't want to be too generous, but those are quasi, you know, MVP-level numbers. So I think Matthew Stafford is very underrated, um, if I'm being perfectly honest. Even last year, without Kenny Galladay playing most of the season, with his, you know, injuries, um, he still had 4,000 plus yards and his top receiver was Marvin Jones, who is, you know, above average at best. And then it was like Quentin Zephus, um, or something. I, I don't know his exact name or yeah. Quentin Zephus. Um, and then the other guy, I don't know his name, Marvin Hall, I think. So with the but receivers you know- that he has now, I mean, Cooper Cook, Robert Woods, uh, what's that other guy's name? Josh Reynolds, who's pretty mid. Um, Tyler Higby, 
dude, he's going to put – I think he's going to be pretty damaging in that division. I think – especially with the defense that they have, he's going to be fresh every time he comes onto the field. The defense is going to do a great job of, you know, keeping the score down, keeping the pressure off of him. And, and Matthew Stafford performs best when he's not under pressure. So, I think, yeah, if, if I, could t- just... I think the Rams are going to take that next step. You know, let me just respond to this real quick. I want to get Bilal in on this too. Um, yeah. But to, to speak to your point about Matt Stafford putting up great numbers, I'm not going to disagree with you. He definitely puts up some great numbers. But if you look at Deshaun Watson's past season, you know, this past season that was just played, Deshaun Watson put up great numbers. And I think a lot of people are kind of overhyping him due to the fact that his team would be down by three or four scores by the time he would really start putting up his numbers. If you look at only the second half of every game and you add all those stats up, that's already over 60% of his passing yards. Are you talking so, about Deshaun or? I'm Matthew? talking about Deshaun Watson, but you can also okay. apply the same situation to the Lions, where the okay. Lions have not had a great defense historically. So yeah. you're going to be down by 10, 15, 20 points by halftime. Yeah. And you keep okay. Stafford in there and they're going to have their backups in there on defense or they're going to be playing prevent defense, mm-hmm. you know, right. so it'll be easier for Stafford to rack up the yards yeah. that necessarily does not make a great quarterback. So I, I would have to see him in a situation where he has a good defense who can back him up and then we can make assessments about it. But that's just my hang up. Yeah, I, I follow and, that logic as well. And that makes sense. So below, give us your prediction on this division. Who's coming out? Yeah, um, I, I, I am a believer in Matthew Stafford because I think just being in the Lions, like I wouldn't say he's hyped up that much. Like he's kind of overlooked. People kind of look at Matthew Stafford and are just like, oh, he's good. But like he's been stuck there for so long, and like yeah. I do think he has a ton of potential. I mean, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say. I want it to be the 49ers to come out of it. I do think they have a lot of you know like good pieces but i think it'll be the rams honestly at the end of the day yeah i think with that defense you know that defense even if matthew Stafford doesn't live up to the expectations yeah that defense is something else right now i mean yeah. didn't the rams win the division last year i think they barely they they just like barely um won they beat the division the, or were they i Oh geez, I can't remember because I know they played the Seahawks. I know yeah, they, they played both the Seahawks. Yeah, but was that like, or maybe it was the Seahawks? I can't. One sec. No, no, no. Um, the Rams won that. Yeah, NFC West, right? The Rams for sure won, though. Yeah, I think the Rams might have won the division actually. Yeah, um, did. no, actually the Seahawks did by two wins. Oh, yeah, that's what I figured. I think it might have been the Se- Yeah, it was the Seahawks. You're right. So Seahawks won last year. I don't. I think that's going to change this year. Yeah, so Los Angeles qualified um, as the sixth seed, I think, or maybe it was the yeah. fifth seed. I don't know. Um, I think it's going to change this year. I'm a big believer in the Rams. Uh, I'd prefer the Rams over the Bucks in the Super Bowl because screw Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> another division I think that is going to be really hard to pick um, or predict is, you know, our division, the AFC North. Um, Ravens, Steelers, not really, right? I mean, depends on Najee Harris and that offensive line. Let's see. We know the defense is going to be elite, but can the offense get anything going, right? That's the big question. But Browns and Ravens, right, choosing between those two, in the last prediction that I made with another friend, I had the Browns coming out of the division. I think the Ravens will be a wild card team. But that's more so a product of me just not trying to get my hopes up. If I'm being perfectly (laughs) honest, 
I think the Ravens still have the Browns number. Um, their defense, you know, they just added the guy from that uh, the Rams, um, John Johnson the third, right? Yep. Um, who's who was really good last year. Um, so they and then they added Davion Clowney as well, I think. So the Browns have pieces for sure. Um, I just think that last year Lamar. He had COVID, right? A lot of the offensive line, Ronnie Stanley went down, Nick Boyle went down. Offensive line was pretty much ravaged. Like every single thing that could have went wrong with the Ravens last year went wrong. And we still, you know, made it to the divisional round and beat the Rams in that, you know, Monday night thriller, right? I think with a full set of off seasons, the new pass catchers that we have, a healthy offensive line, and, you know, Lamar being healthy as well. I think the Ravens will be better than the Browns this year. Marginally. Marginally. What do you guys think? Um, well, Balaw, why don't you jump in first? I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass. You go ahead. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Sumanth, you, you might hate me for this, but I, I am not really that much of a Lamar Jackson believer. And I understand I have wow. some sort of bias because Josh and him were the same year and, you know, I'm a Bills fan. So that, that I'm sure might play into it a little bit, but I think Lamar Jackson's success was kind of almost similar to Colin Kaepernick's success in the sense that the triple option came back to the NFL. No one knew how to defend it. And then this past season, Lamar was, Lamar did a good job. I mean, he did have some good numbers, but for the most part he was contained and he wasn't making very, very explosive plays like he was the season oh, before. Oh, hold on. Yes, he was. He was still he was still throwing that rock, man. He was still putting up numbers on the ground. He, Yeah, he can put up massive numbers on the ground. I'm not going to deny it there. But in terms of the passing game, I think he really has to take another step forward. Um, yeah, I mean, everything is dependent on that step. I just think that he's really well-primed to take that step this year. I mean, it might be tough because I think Rashad Bateman, he's injured right now, isn't he? Yeah, but he's due to come back a couple weeks into the season. So he, he'll, he'll be fine. He's getting groin surgery. But you, you got to understand, like, he's getting – he didn't have half his offensive line last year. And he was still – the running game was going strong. He was still putting up, you know, decent stats in both the passing and great stats in the rushing game, obviously. So with a healthy offensive line, right, they just added Sammy Watkins. So – these are guys that grew up playing together. Marquise Brown is stated to probably take a step. I don't know. We'll see. If he can get past his drops and drops issued, then he'll be fine. Mark Andrews is always going to be a great target. So I think with the – I don't want to say the word plethora because it's not a plethora. I think with the improvements that they made to the passing situation, Lamar might be able to take that step is all I'm saying. Sorry, yeah. Not might. Has a very good chance of taking that step because – Lamar can pass, dude. Lamar can pass. He's just, he doesn't have the talent around him. I mean, look what Stephon Diggs did for Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that. And I, I understand that Stephon Diggs was a huge part of Josh Allen's success. But at the same time, okay, let me start this off by saying, I think the Ravens are probably going to end up winning the division. I, I don't okay. think the Browns are going to be taking any steps with Baker Mayfield as, as their quarterback. Okay. I, I don't okay. really Fair. believe in yeah. Mayfield all that much. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the Ravens will probably win that division. That being said, I don't think Lamar Jackson is an incredible quarterback so much as he is an incredible athlete who plays the quarterback position. Does that make any sense? I, I don't think that Sammy Watkins is going to have the same effect 
on the team that like a Definitely Stephon Diggs like Stephon does. Diggs. Yeah, no, I get that for sure. Yeah. But when you combine what Lamar can do with his legs that Josh Allen can, I mean, are you going to try to convince me that Josh Allen is the level of is the level of athlete that Lamar is? Please tell me. No, right. but he he doesn't yeah, have to okay. be because he's a the, phenomenally better passer than Lamar Jackson. Okay, is. okay, we'll see. Right, the way that Lamar is able to put the defense back on the heels and say, okay, I don't know if he's going to run or not, especially because now they're going to be using him in center, uh, uh, under center more, right? So less pistol option, less pistol read option, more center play action plays, all right? When he turns his back against that defense, every single linebacker has to stop for a second and, you know, determine whether he's going to hand it off to J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, or if he's going to, you know, bring it back out the other way and throw it for first down to Mark Andrews, Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman, Marquise Brown, whoever, right? I think the scheme is a lot more important to talk about right now than Lamar's talent because we know Lamar can pass. I mean, he did it in his MVP year. He had 36 passing touchdowns. He was phenomenal. More so than Lamar's passing ability, I think we need to talk about Greg Roman's scheme because that man cannot draw up a passing play to save his life, man. So (laughs) if you blamed it on that, I understand that I would make, like that makes a lot more sense to me. I don't think Greg Roman has put Lamar in a position to prove that he is a really good passer because he still has one of the highest passer ratings in the league. I mean, since 2018, uh, when he took over for Joe Flacco, I think he's like a, the fifth highest passer rating. Um, and then he had like a bunch of perfect passer rating games in his MVP year. He did decent passing last year as well. So I think it's a lot more on the scheme and what Greg Roman draws up for him than Lamar himself. That's what I'll say about that. Yeah. Um, and my final, my final say on this issue, and I don't mean to unearth um, bad memories for you, but if, if you go back to the Bills Ravens yeah, playoff game that happened. Man. Oh no. Okay. The, yeah. The thing the that. Interception. Yeah, the, yeah. There was a pick six by Lamar that basically changed the entire way of the game, you know, the entire the momentum of yeah. it. Yeah. The momentum of it. But beyond that, before he got injured, he wasn't doing much in terms of passing. Um, it, it was the passing game that really killed him because the Bills have a great secondary. Okay, um, hold on. And- Bills weren't doing much either. Come on. Josh Allen didn't have a phenomenal game either. No, no, he didn't. But he, he did enough and didn't turn the ball over the same way to get them to win the game. And the defense did their job, too, of limiting Lamar Jackson as both a rusher and a passer. Um, okay, let's see. So... All right, Josh Allen had 260, he was 23 for 37, and then he had 206 yards for one touchdown. Nothing phenomenal by his standards, right? Lamar had 162, 14 for 24, and in that dreadful interception, and he had nine rushes for 34 yards. So the defenses were balling out. What really killed us in terms of momentum in that game was the fact that Justin Tucker missed three field goals. I think that's what killed us more than anything, because that game would have been completely different if he had made those field goals. Um, I, I mean, I don't think it would have been completely different because you're talking about nine points when you guys lost by 14. But you know damn well that a single play causes a momentum shift that can change around. Like, we can't just, you know, plug in plug in a play here and say the rest of the game is going to stay the same. That's not how it works at all. I mean, there's so many different decisions that would be made with Ravens having nine points on the board rather than just three. That the like different decisions that the Bills would have made is what I'm saying. I mean, I, I definitely think that there would have been a different outcome if those three field goals were made on the contingency that Lamar Jackson didn't throw the pick six, because that definitely could have won you the game. 
the problem was is that Lamar made a poor decision at the goal line and showed that he is not the passer he's cracked up to be. Yeah, I mean, was that pick six? Do you remember if it was on a third or fourth down? Um, it might have been on a first down. It was on a first down? Ain't no way it was on a first down, man. I I, I don't remember that much. You're asking a lot of me to (laughs) remember that far back. Um, I can take a look while we're talking, but... Yeah, yeah, I'm... I'm... Give me one second, so... Okay, so it looks like... It was a third and goal. It was a third and goal, right? So it was it was later um, in that, you know, drive possession, right? So my thing is, you know, if they had a – if so if, if they had to pass it to get it over with quickly, right, they didn't want to run the ball. They were wasting time. It was only, like, you know, a couple minutes left in the fourth quarter at that point, right? Hello? Yep. Well, I'm sorry. You cut off there at the end. Oh, yeah. So I was saying there was only a couple minutes left. in the, There was like six minutes left in the fourth quarter when all of this went down. So my take on that is that if it was nine to ten, right, because uh, Josh Allen had a touchdown pass to Diggs um, somewhere in that third quarter, right? So it would have been if yeah. Justin Tucker had made that field, it would have been nine to ten, right? That's a close enough deficit, right, where Lamar wouldn't have had to throw the ball and waste time on that clock. They might have ran it in, which they would have probably had better um you know success with and then if they ended up not getting that then they would have been able to kick a field goal it would have been you know uh 12 to uh 10 at that time right so the momentum and the game completely changes there so it's hard for me to say that plugging in those two field goals would not change the rest of the game like they wouldn't have been in that situation where they probably needed to pass on that third down and he would have he went straight to terrible lead that plug and play some is something that I don't think exists in football. If you're like talking hypotheticals, which is my only, you know, nab on that point you made. Yeah, uh, no, no, I understand that. But I think the point that I'm making is more of a testament to Lamar Jackson, um, because I'm looking at the, um, the play by play right now, first and goal Lamar Jackson, I guess he may have tried to rush it or he may have taken like a sack, but he fumbled it and recovered it. Second down and goal, he passed incomplete to Marquise Brown. And I think that one should have been, um, that one should have been caught by Brown. So that's not on Lamar Jackson necessarily. But then the third one, it was just an unforced error that he threw it straight to uh, Tehran Johnson. Yeah, he was Um, targeting Mark Andrews. Tehran Johnson made a really good play in reading that because Mark Andrews is like his most reliable, you know, like everybody knew the ball was going in there. So yeah, yeah, I mean, Lamar for throwing it to the most predictable target. Yeah. And so, I mean, to some extent, you know, teams can start to game play around that, you know, if they're going to target Mark Andrew in goal line situations, who do you think they're going to be covering at the goal line? You know? Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I think he just has, we'll see. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, yeah, you make solid point there. So it really depends. It's not something we can really predict. Mm-hmm. We'll, yeah, we'll exactly. See how Lamar does. Um, I know we're, you know, almost at 60 minutes now, which is wild. This is a really long episode, but let's get into our Super Bowl predictions now itself, right? So, um, I have, so my Super Bowl contenders essentially are the Chiefs from the AFC. I don't think anybody is going to be able to challenge the Chiefs. And then from the NFC side, it's the Rams and the Bucks. Um, 
I think the Bucs and the Chiefs will have a rematch, in which case the Chiefs will come out on top with a better offensive line this year. I prefer the Rams over the Bucks in that from the NFC side. What about you guys? Bilal, why don't you give your your prediction? Uh, say something. <laughs> uh, from the AFC, I'm thinking any other team except the Ravens. So let's go with the. I mean, it's probably the Chiefs. Like, I who am I kidding? But I mean, I'm gonna go with. <laughs> I'll go with the Titans. This guy. <laughs> and then Dude, the they NFC, don't have a defense. The NFC, yeah, they do, man. And the NFC, I mean, I mean, I know y'all saw this coming, but like when you Dude, got don't two say options, it, bro. Like, you, oh god. When you got two oh, options like guy. Fitzpatrick and Heideke, like you can't go wrong. <laughs> and you got you definitely you got can Logan, go you got, wrong. You got Logan Thomas. You got Jimmy number seven. You got Cam Six. You got an actual good defense, though. You got an actual good defense. Don't lie. They are a top six defense. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing, trying to prove with not, that statement. You know, good, good. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think this league's gotten so boring now that like, what? It's, it's gonna be this matchup, man. And like, if it's not like, okay, yeah, well, NFL's ratings, as we all know, are just going to shit. And like, NFL yeah. ratings have been on the rise, haven't yeah, they? That's Hold my statement. He's about to look Google. NFL ratings remain dominant even in a down year. Get out of here, bro. He's not bored. <laughs> what kind of fucking statement? Dominant even in down year. I don't know. I'm looking at Hollywood <laughs> Reporter right now, bro. Uh. All right, we'll talk about this later. Um. All right. So, and then Kieran, let's hear your prediction. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you would be foolish not to say that the Chiefs are definitely the favorites in the AFC. Um, I do think that the Bills and the Ravens could definitely make some noise there. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's very hard to game plan against Kansas City. And that's why they're one of the best teams and have been for the past three or four years now. Yeah. Um, so, I would say any combination of the Bills, Chiefs, or Ravens potentially in the Super Bowl. You don't think the Titans um, are up there? I I, I love the Julio Browns, Jones. The I loved him on the Falcons. I just don't think he's going to make that much of a difference on the Titans. Okay. What about the Browns? I, the Browns, like I said, I don't have any faith in Baker, May- Baker I, Mayfield. Yeah. Let me rephrase that. I don't have as much faith in Baker Mayfield as I do in like Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes or okay. like anyone else really. I mean – Okay, that's fair. Yeah, he still has to prove it a little bit. But yeah. in terms of the NFC, I think we're looking at a pretty one-sided affair. Um, obviously, again, the Bucks could potentially try and run it back, you know, make another Super Bowl and win it with Brady. Um, but you can't count out a pissed-off Aaron Rodgers is what I got to say. I could definitely see Green Bay making it to the NFC though. Championship. He's pissed what? off at the organization, so he wouldn't really care how he plays this season, right? I guess, but this is, they're like cracking this up to be both his and Devontae Adams' last dance in Green Bay. Yeah. So okay. it could definitely make for a great storyline. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, whether they live up to it or not, I don't know. But it's, I it's could definitely though, see. I the, could actually see the Packers not even winning their division. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't win their division this year. That's a possibility, but I don't know who else would in that division. Lions Dude, the definitely are tough. Vikings are tough, man. Make not no with Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, they're not. Kirk Cousins is the sleeper fantasy pick, just saying. 
Oh my is god, no, he's not. He pick? is, bro. Okay, he is, that actually. is. Kirk Cousins is mediocre. Yeah, he's I the mean, guy that's mediocre. But he could, he could, he's doing he numbers sometimes, it. man. He can sling, especially when you have a run game as dominant. I'm just saying, with like, Cook. he's not a bad guy to have in your bench, like, or even, yeah. If, I don't know, man. And then Justin <laughs> Jefferson is a top ten receiver now, or at least they're pegging them, pegging him to be a top. So stop saying pegging, man. Every five minutes, was like they're pegging him. I did not say that once in this podcast, except for now, but okay. They're projecting him as a top 10 receiver. Adam Thielen is still a great um, goal line uh, receiver, end zone receiver. So Vikings are a dark horse in the north. All right, man. We've talked a lot of football. I think this is a good spot to end it. Thanks, Kieran, a ton for coming. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. Thank you guys for having me. I yeah. had a great time. Yeah, no, you. We want you to come back, man. Definitely. For sure. Oh, man. thank I you. I appreciate that. I, I appreciate the fact that you actually know something about football. Bilal has no idea what he's talking about. No, bro. that's not <laughs> true, man. Like, they always hate people with new ideas. All right, Bilal, who's the who's the best quarterback in the league? Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, so that's what I thought. All right, <laughs> we'll see y'all later, folks. See you guys. Um, uh, so all everybody right, stay out, safe, get your vaccinations, and, you know, we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Yeah, bro. Peace. Take care, guys.